conclude in a few moments is going to be Chatzais. And we can sit down for another two minutes. We're going to conclude the Kinnis. At Chatzais, something very interesting happens. Chatzais, we get off the floor and we go back to sitting on regular chairs in a, in a I don't want to call it a normal year, but in a different year. It's very interesting because when actually was the Beis Hamikdash set ablaze? We all know that the Beis Hamikdash burnt from Chatzais on the ninth of Av until Chatzais on the tenth of Av, which means in every year at the ninth of Av on Tisha B'av, we get up off the floor at precisely the moment that the Beis Hamikdash is being set ablaze. And if you think about that for a moment, it's a little bit funny. We would expect the opposite. We would expect, perhaps, we would start Tisha B'Av sitting on a regular chair, and then maybe at Chatzais, we should go sit on the floor. And maybe at Chatzais, we should then lay Neicha, because that is the moment that the Beis Hamikdash is burning. And yet, we do the exact opposite. And I saw a beautiful explanation, and this year it's even more relevant, because now that we're on the 10th of Av, and as we'll speak, many of the halachis are going to be more lax, more lenient, tonight into tomorrow, as the Beis HaMikdash, the final few embers are burning as we hit Chatzais. Which means we have a final few moments to put out that fire and to make it that we were not responsible for burning the Beis Hamikdash. But why do we get off the floor when Chatzais hits? And it's the same reason why Tishabov is referred to as a Mayid in the Medrash. Because precisely at that moment when we hit rock bottom, only after spending a night of Eicha, of songs, of introspection, of thought, a morning, of listening, of internalizing, of trying to be mature and realize why we're here. The culmination of the last three weeks of then the nine days, Tisha B'av, the culmination of it all, is at that chatzais. Because at that moment, is perhaps that moment of clarity. Because after all is all done, and we're sitting here, and everyone in their moments, and everyone who's left, now that we finally hit the point in time, that I think we all realize, the crack, the light is coming in, we're starting to see a little bit of color, we're starting to understand the atrocities that have gone that we have gone through. We're starting to realize that all the devastation is traced back to one day. We're finally realizing that we don't want Hashem as that nikudachas, that one dot. We actually want Him present in our lives. No more snakes and no more doubts. The ability when we learn and when we dive in to actually connect precisely at that moment. That's the moment of Nechama. Because that's the moment that we finally are really connected. 
We really feel like we need the Beis HaMikdash. And when we finally have that real thought, we could get off the floor. The Nechama begins. Hopefully the Beis HaMikdash will still be coming in the next few minutes. But even if not, the Nechama begins. Then we go into the Shiva de Nechamta because we've come closer to Hashem. Hopefully everyone is at a point where they left the immaturity outside. Hopefully everyone for the rest of the day, even if it won't be in shul, will be at a point of not joking around. Of not doing all the silliness that maybe has been done in the past. Rather, spending some time reading through some of the English Guinness, reading a book about the Holocaust, coming and watching the different inspirational speeches and videos that we will show and spending the hours when we're finally at that point and we get off the floor, come to Hashem and actually connect with Him. So we'll conclude with the realization that the Beis HaMikdash brings clarity and purity. i like to read to you what the Chidah writes about the Arizal. We know that the Arizal, Kabbalah, we don't understand Kabbalah, we don't know what it means, but we know it's something that's beyond us. And the Chidah writes, not only, I'm sure many people here know that the Arizal learned Bechav Rusa with Eliyahu Anavi, but more than that, writes the Chidah, that Eliyahu Anavi allowed him and gave him nitar be'ifer hapara. Whatever that means, Eliyohan, the Arizal received the ashes of the para aduma. That's what allowed him to be purified. And that's what enabled him to learn the Tairus HaKabalah. And that Arizal used those same ashes that he received from Eliyohan Navi to purify Rav Chaim Vital his key Talmud, who was able to receive from the Arizal. We don't understand the Arizal. We don't understand Kabbalah. We don't know Rav Chaim Vital. But there's one thing that we can understand. Is that when we have that Beis HaMikdash, we'll have those Eifer Para Aduma. And we'll once again be able to be sprinkled and be pure. We try so hard. We try not to be sullied. We try not to filthy ourselves. We try when we fall down to pick ourselves up. But we have to realize that that's what the Beis HaMikdash will bring. And when we realize how great we really are as we spoke, a boy undergoing chemo, a famous story, and the doctor comes in, the nurse, the nurse says, it's time for you to go in. Please put on the hospital gown. And the boy goes, and he puts on the hospital gown, and he puts his tits on top of the hospital gown. And the nurse says, I'm sorry, it's a sterile environment. You can't go in with your, with whatever you're wearing, that garment. And the boy, a boy of 14, turns to the nurse and says, I'm sorry, these strings, this is my protection. I'm not going into chemo without my Jew strings. And the nurse says, I'm sorry, it's a sterile environment. You can't go in wearing anything aside for the hospital gown that we gave you. 
And the boy again refuses adamantly. And the nurse tries again and again. The boy is not budging. The nurse says, okay, you can wait. And the boy sits in the waiting room for hours, waiting. The nurse says, eventually the doctor will come in and you can explain to him, but we can't take you in for chemo in the way that you are. And hours later, the doctor comes in and he comes out and he sees the boy in the hospital gown with the tzitzis. And the doctor says, what's going on? The boy says, I'm not going into chemo without my strings, which are my protection. And the doctor pulls up his chart, looks it over, and says, I'll be back in a moment. A moment later, the doctor comes back. The doctor says, come quick. You can come in with your strings. Don't worry. Boy doesn't know what happened. The doctor brings him in. They go through a difficult round of chemo. And they come back out. And afterwards... The boy now is there, now his parents are there, and the nurse and the doctor, and everyone wants to know what happened. It's a sterile environment, everyone knows. The doctor says to the boy, it's true, those strings really are your protection. The boy says, what do you mean? And the doctor says, you waited there for hours. I came in, I looked at your chart, and I looked at you. And I realized, you're not such a big kid. Why is your chart sending you for chemo for such a high dosage. So I went back inside and I checked it and I realized it was a mistake. If you would have went in for chemo, it would have killed you on the spot. You were adamant. You wanted to keep your strings on. They indeed were your protection. This is not a story of 50, 100 years ago. It's a story that happened within the last 10 years. We are great I heard it from Raphael Waxman years ago that it used to be that every convenience store you walked into were had these terrible magazines and that the way that they would describe them was every magazine was a, a rifle waiting to take a shot at every Jewish neshama. And you walked into such a store and all around you all the tumble, all the filth of these terrible magazines were bombs and rifles trying to kill you. We don't have to go into convenience stores anymore. The bombs, the rifles, the weapons trying to destroy us, that Eser Sphiros of Toma is everywhere. We all know that Yosef HaTzadik was labeled HaTzadik because he looked at temptation in the eye. He looked at terrible Nisyanis and he said No. I think it's accurate that we can describe each and every person sitting here who looks Nisyanis in the eye day in and day out, who looks at those rifles and those bombs and says, no, truly tzaddikim. So we come to this point of chatzais. When we come to the point of realization that we got to get rid of all this impurity, and we have to make that one little dot of Hashem we need to back in our lives. And it's only going to happen with the Beis HaMikdash. And as we slowly widen that box, that is where we keep Hashem sometimes, and we try to find areas of chizik, whether it's davening, whether it's learning, whether it's ben Adam whether it's on the fields, whether it's our own lives and no one needs to know. Sometimes the greatest areas of growth are when no one else knows.
because that truly builds your internal muscles. And we realize how great we are. One hour of Shabbos, I was walking to Yeshiva. I was actually walking to the Kaisel. And I saw an elderly Jew. And he's walking with two bags of garbage to take out the garbage. And he goes to the garbage and he throws them out. Okay, very normal. And then I see he doesn't continue walking. Anyone who's ever seen these Eretz Yisrael take garbages? It's a big pot. And everyone just decides to leave the garbage all around. And he's sitting there in his Shabbos clothing on the way to Shul. And he looks around. He sees no one's watching him. Aside for myself, didn't see me. And he goes and he starts picking up one bag and puts it in. And the next bag, and he picks it up and it drips all over him. And he's coated in, in I don't want to know what. And the next bag, and he cleans up and he wipes himself off. He buns his jacket, jacket and he walks to shore. The reason that Jew is so incredible is not only because I happen to know he knows Kalatara Kula, and you could ask him a question in any prima godim in Shulchan Aruch, and I'll know what's going on. Not only because he has a chabura of 200 people in the mirror, because when he sees something, he takes care of it when no one's watching. Rav Asher is not one of the greatest Jews around because he gives shir to thousands of people. But because when he sees a bacher schlepping a suitcase into the mirror, and the boy is carrying up one suitcase up the stairs, and the boy looks down, and his friend says, Yosef, Who's that old man schlepping your suitcase up behind you? He says, old man schlepping my suitcase. What do you mean? And he looks down and he sees Rav Asheri is schlepping up his suitcase behind him. Because he saw someone who's in need. He saw a suitcase. Why can't I help him? The little actions that each and every one of us do and can continue doing. We truly are those tzaddikim. We look at those temptations in the face. Do we have the ability to be Mekadeshim Shemayim daily? Do we have the strength to be part of a minion? A hundred percent. But when we realize that we have that strength and we come to the point of realization that we need Hashem in our lives, that we'll be Mekadeshim Shemayim, like we'll take out that handkerchief like the square rebel while we're bleeding to death. We'll put it on her head. Who's to know? Maybe it's more difficult to when you're playing ball to bend down and maybe miss a pass and put the yarmulke on your head. Maybe that's more difficult for you because you probably don't have the same appreciation for a yarmulke like the square Rabbi had. Who's to know that maybe for you to wake up and come to daven with a minion is more powerful than someone in the barracks lying down and answering to Kedusha? Who's to know? The Yosef HaTadik was labeled because he looked at that temptation and he ran out. And each and every one of us look at temptations, look at Nisiyayinus, and we say no constantly. But most importantly is when we fall, we brush ourselves off and we don't wallow in our misery. We realize that Nisiyayinus are tailor-made and custom-made for each and every one of us. And as we come to this point of connection to Hashem, and as we're going to get off the floor and we'll wash our hands, and we'll dive in mincha, and we'll put on tefillin. Perhaps for the first time we'll realize that when we're binding ourselves with our tefillin, we're binding ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We wear tefillin, and He wears tefillin as well. And we'll come to the point of realization that we need Hashem in our lives. So whether the Beis HaMikdash comes or not, we'll have, as Yerv Yisrael Salanter opened up today by teaching us, 
It will purify us. It will elevate us. It will bring us to a point that yes, we'll have fun. And yes, it will be amazing. And yes, we'll laugh. But we'll know the right time to be serious. We'll know what it means to push yourself for one more word of Talmud Torah Keneged Kulam. For one more Amin Yehishmi Rabbah. And ultimately, slowly widen that box of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Bring Hashem more into our lives. And be the ultimate Kiddush Hashem. So we're going to get off the floor. Hmm? We're going to say Ashrei together. But let us contain and let's maintain a bit of that seriousness to bring us through the rest of Tisha B'Av. Ashrei, Ashrei.